0: As we are living in the last days, and as we have observed last week, uh, we Christians should not be ignorant of the actual things to come, especially the judgment that is reserved for this world. It is clear from the Scripture that this world uh, is reserved for the judgment. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, the Bible says, But the heaven and the earth, which are now, by the same word, are kept in store. You see, the world as we're living in today, the condition that is living in today is kept by God Almighty. And the Bible says continually in verse 7, "...reserved unto the fire against a day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men." And the word of God admonishes us not to be ignorant in this area. And later on, Peter writes in verse 8, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and as a thousand years as one day. And we are not to be ignorant of the fact that God's timing is not really our timing. And uh, it's very uh, obvious from the scripture, we are to expect the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And also not only that, the judgment, and the wrath of God to come in this world. And the Bible says in verse 10 in that same chapter of Second Peter, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. You know, God desires for us to recognize the great judgment that God has reserved for the last days. And as Christians, we must be knowledgeable about this. And we must know what is to come. And we cannot say, you know, we've been delivered, so let's not study about it. But I believe all Scripture is inspiration of God and is profitable, God's people say. And that we need to know as Christians to really let the others know who are not delivered from this judgment to come so that they'll be trusting Christ their personal savior and looking at the great heaviness and the weight and the wrath that is to come in the world and the judgment will be nothing like the judgment of the past the bible records Christ gives knowledge in Matthew chapter 24 verse 21 for then shall be great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time no nor ever shall be, and uh, you know the Bible is also very clear that the great tribulation that is to come. It says, "Hey, it's nothing like this world has ever experienced." I mean, you remember the tsunami that happened last year in Japan, and as we think about that, a lot of a lot many people lost their lives, and. I'm sure you even think about the earthquakes that's been happening in Mexico and also even in South America. I mean, thousands and thousands of people dying, and we're thinking that's a horrific thing. And even maybe around uh, uh, 11 years ago, uh, we uh, know of the great incident of 9-11. Many people jumping off the building and just cannot take the fire and the heat, so they just committed suicide. And we think to ourselves, that is terrible. I mean, what a great a uh, horrific, you know, a uh, uh, accident, and even also, you know, uh, 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 I guess in the sense of a uh, uh, event that has been. And uh, but as we look from the scripture, all those things will not be comparable to the things that will come, because the things that will come will be so great, it will be so horrific that we will be standing in awe and saying, "Hey, we have never have seen it like this before," and uh, you know. Uh, Uh, As we think about the scripture, would this be greater than the judgment of the flood where only eight people were saved? Yes, it would be greater than that. And would this be greater than the judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah and uh, a great fire and brimstone coming down from heaven? Judging those two cities would be greater than that? Yes. Would, it be, would this be greater than the judgment of Egypt where those ten plagues came and then Moses brought through uh, you know, uh, God's sovereignty and God's power? Yes, it would be greater than that. And Christ declares that, that there be none like this one. And we are living in a very troublous times. And we don't even care to really sometimes pay attention and the hostility of the Middle East. And as we think about all the things going around the Middle East, that gives an indication that the judgment of God is really coming soon. I think about the failing of Europe and the economic system and all those things, you know, they're waiting for someone to deliver them from that, I believe is the Antichrist. And that Christ will come, and will try to bring all those things back together, and even with the Arab nation, and uh, they will uh, try to make a league with the Jewish people as well. And uh, we are truly living in the last times, friend. I think about the rise of Muslim religion, and uh, the fastest-growing religion is not Christianity. It's not Catholicism, but is Muslim right now. And, uh, and I think about how they'll have more power in the days to come. And I think about even the rise of humanism, secularism, and all these different things that defy the Word of God and that go against the principle and the truth of God's Word. And and as we think about these things, you know, we are really living in the last phase. And also, we could expect the judgment of God to come to pour out any moment. And uh, let's go to your Bibles to Revelation 22 and Revelation 22. And I hope you're with me this morning. And uh, if you go to verse 6, I know uh, this might not be an agenda or maybe a topic that relates to your uh, social life right now, or maybe the burdens that you carry, and maybe the relationship that you're going through, and maybe some finances uh, uh, that you are maybe troubled with. But I believe we need to really get to know the Word of God concerning this topic. And if you go to Revelation 22, look at verse 6. The Bible says, He said unto me, These things are faithful and what? True. And I hope we believe that too. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must be, how? Shortly done. Behold, I come, how? Quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy, of this book. You know, we are accountable and responsible to the prophecy that God has revealed to us. And He says, I come quickly. And He says, You know, uh, I want you to know that this will be shortly done. And this morning, uh, I would like to have a preaching slash Bible study concerning the judgment to come because we may uh, we are not to be ignorant, but we need to be knowledgeable and we need to watch and pray concerning the things that God has in store for this world. And this might not be the most ideal message for Sunday morning, I understand but I believe uh, I believe in the whole council of God, and we need to cover this very important topic of God's uh, 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 God's uh, wrath and also the judgment for the world. And as a church, we need to get to know it because the world doesn't know it. The world could not really even care less about what's in the Bible. But we know it, and we need to warn the others and let other people know that Jesus Christ saves. And I'd like to share with you some details of judgment that the Lord reveals to us. And there are three crucial knowledge that we must have concerning the judgment to come. First of all, in expecting the judgment of the world, the judgment involves the chosen people. The judgment involves the chosen people. You know, the word of God is very clear that we are in the dispensation of grace, or you could say the dispensation of the church age. In the Old Testament, the great majority of revelation that we know is happening in the land or maybe the nation of which country? Israel, Okay. Nation of Israel in the Old Testament. And we see that uh, that was a dispensation of the law and God was working through a nation. But now, as we live in 2012, for the last 2,000 years, as Jesus Christ was crucified, we've been now living in the dispensation of grace. The church age, if you could say. And during this time, as the church is active and alive in the Lord Jesus Christ, there is another group of God that is on a pause. They're taking a rest by the sovereign plan of God. And that group is a nation of Israel, the chosen people of God. And uh, the Bible says in Romans 11, verse 25, For I will not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceit, that blindness in part has happened to Israel unto the fullness of the Gentiles become men. So what happened to Israel? Why are they blind? It's because of the fact they have rejected who? Jesus Christ. The chosen people of God. Hey, I'm talking about Jesus Christ who was born in Bethlehem. I'm talking about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who came and not to any other nation, but to one nation called Israel. And those people rejected the Messiah. And as they have rejected the Messiah, the Bible says that the blindness has gone into the uh, hearts and the belief of the Israelites. Since they have rejected the Messiah, God has paused them in their historical record, in the sense, for the things to come. And now we have this great mystery, as the Bible says, of the dispensation of the church age. You see, the Old Testament writers, or even the believers, they didn't see that. In the Old Testament, what they had been revealed, it was the fact that they saw the first coming of Christ, and then they saw the great second coming of Christ. And between that, they didn't see the church age. They only saw the first and the second coming. They knew somewhat of the fact that Messiah would be cut off, and, but also they saw the great, glorious second coming of Christ, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, who would reign in Israel. They saw those two things, but they didn't see that great valley. They didn't see that great dispensation of the church age. That's why the Apostle Paul says over and over again in the New Testament, great mystery has happened. And in the sense that we did not know that, that this would happen, but we see the great sovereign plan of God, that God wants to save the Gentiles. And by the way, thank God for his great sovereign plan. That's why we're saved this morning. Okay? And, uh, you know, thank God he had a a great plan as in the sense he knew that the Israelites would reject the Messiah. And from that, hey, let's go to the Gentiles and let's preach to the Europe nation. Let's preach to the Asian nations, Let's preach to the African nation. Let's preach to the American nation. Let's preach to all the Gentiles that they may be saved. And thank God we're saved this morning. Amen and thank God for that, and thank God for His sovereign plan. But as we think about the Scripture, there is a judgment that's to come, and it's going to involve the chosen people of God. And this chosen people have rejected the Messiah. They're in a pause. And now go to your Bibles to Daniel chapter 9, okay? And let's go back to the Old Testament. Now, I want you to know as they're on a pause, they'll have their fulfillment of the timetable uh, uh, filled in later on, in the last days, and in the sense of and the judgment that is to come, go to Daniel chapter nine. And uh, as we think about the Old Testament, it's a lot about is, is Israel, a lot about the Jewish people, and then Daniel chapter nine is also talking about Israelites. And uh, let's give us a t- specific timetable here. And uh, letter A, and the concerning the chosen people of God, we're waiting for the seventy weeks of Daniel. And uh, uh, I believe we're very near concerning that. Go to Daniel chapter 9, look at verse 24, all right? It involves the chosen people of God, and also we're waiting for the seven weeks of Daniel. That's a timetable that God has given to the Israelites, not to the church age, not to the Gentiles, but to the who? Okay, say it with me, to the Israelites, all right? The 70 weeks is for the who? Israelites, okay? And the Daniel chapter 9, look at verse 24, all right? The Bible says here, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people, all right? Daniel, talking his people, God's people, I mean talking about the chosen people of God, Israelites, and upon thy holy city, Jerusalem, to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. You know, as we think about the scripture, all right, if I could have your attention weeks in the scripture here is now referring to seven-day period that we know it as, you know, in America, all right? So as we think about 70 weeks, you should not be thinking about seven days per week, all right? But as we think about the Hebrew culture or even the language, it's called haptad, and, uh, and we will also call it in our English language a decade, all right? A decade is how many years? All right, get your thinking, back, uh, thinking cap on this morning, and I want you to really, uh, you know, uh, get back to the, I guess, the methodical, uh, 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 I guess, uh, 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 I guess the conscious right now. And uh, so as we think about the decade, it's 10 years, okay? But Haktad, all right, in the Jewish culture, and they will have it weeks, okay, if we translate it into English language, and uh, those are not 10 years, but 7 years, okay? All right, so think about that. As we, much as we call decade 10 years, they have haptad, which is how many years? Seven years, okay? So 70 weeks, all right? Each of those weeks represent how many years? Seven years, okay? And the 70 times seven is 490 years. Would you say that with me? 490 years. This is Bible study slash preaching time this morning, all right? 490 years, Okay? So 490 years are determined upon what nation? Israel. 490 years for Israel, all right? And uh, so as we think about 490 years, okay? And then uh, 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 let's go to the next slide. I kind of did the math things for you if you go to the next point. All right? So 70 weeks times 70 years 490 years, Okay? For you to just kind of uh, remind yourself of that as we go through some different math system here. And then if you go to verse 25 now, Daniel chapter 9, look what it says. Know therefore understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and rebuild Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the prince shall be how many weeks? Seven weeks and score and two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times, all right? So as we think about that, if you go to the next slide, please. And uh, seven weeks times seven years, as, he's t- as we think about what it says in verse 25, seven weeks times seven years, how many years? 49 years, okay? And then it says later on, if you go to the next slide, it also says three score and two weeks, meaning 62 weeks, all right? 62 weeks times seven is how many years? 434 years. So total is 490 and those forty-nine years and four hundred thirty-four years are the time uh, that will be given till the Messiah is come. All right, the first coming of the Messiah. Okay, you might be thinking, what does forty-nine year mean? Okay, forty-nine years talking about time of Daniel and where the uh, the wall of Jerusalem and also the temple is rebuilt by Nehemiah and Ezra. Okay, and if I'm confusing this morning, and I apologize. But that's what it means, all right? And if you don't know that history, uh, it'd be good for you to know now. So as we think about 49 years, uh, that's the time when the Jerusalem and also uh, uh, the walls and the temples will be rebuilt again. And from that, 434 years, all right will happen and the first coming of the Messiah will come. All right? So 434 plus 49 is what? 480, what? 83, okay? 483 years, okay? So, we have a total of 483 years. The, the 83 years it, that has already happened, okay? It's already happened, all right? The the wall of Jerusalem and the temple has been rebuilt in 49 years during the Daniel's time and also 434 years happened already and Messiah came, Jesus Christ for the first coming. But if you look at verse 26, it says after a 3 score and 2 weeks that's 434 years shall messiah be what happens cut off okay 26 chapter 9 but not for himself okay but who is it for for sinners okay for others not for himself okay And the people of the prince that shall come and destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with the flood, and unto the end of the war desolation are determined. And then, you know, the Roman empires came I think around 70 A.D., and they conquered Jerusalem, and then uh, now they don't have a temple anymore, okay? We know that, alright? And uh, they don't have, uh, they only have the Wailing Wall, that one part of the wall of Jerusalem, the Old Jerusalem, and that's why they always pray in front of that, all right, And in memorial of the Old Jerusalem. And the Roman Empire took over that land, and then they just demolished it, and then uh, we see that that already happened, so the first coming of Christ already happened, and also even the 70 AD desolations of all these different things happen as uh, Daniel chapter 9 pro- prophesies this. and uh, so as we think about this, if you go to the next point here, and the Messiah is cut off, we know that, and then next point, all right, 69 weeks are accomplished, okay, out of the how many weeks? 70 weeks, Okay. And if I could just have you pay attention to that at least, in the sense of understand that at least, in knowing that out of the 70 weeks, sixty-nine are already what? Accomplished, okay? So how many weeks are left? One, okay? If you go to the next point, one week is left. And how many years is that? Seven years. Oh, you might be thinking, Brother Jimmy, after Messiah is cut off, those seven years should have just went right away, all right? But in God's sovereign plan, that's why the mystery of the Gentiles came in, all right? The church age. This is not for the church. This is not for us. The 70 weeks are determined for who? Israel, all right? So this is their timetable. You see, the mystery of the age of the Gentiles came in, talking about the church age, all right, after Messiah cut off, and Israelites' blindness came in. They're in a pause. They're waiting for one more year, that one more year, seven years to happen, okay? Now, really, they're not waiting for it, okay? God's waiting for it, but they're not really waiting for it. They really think another Messiah will come, that is the true Messiah, and uh, I think they'll probably be deceived and probably embrace the Antichrist, okay? But anyways, uh, 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 as we think about this, so one week is left, only seven years, all right? So as we think about this, the 69th and the 70th gap of the church age happened, and then now we're waiting for that seven year to happen, which is to come, all right? Because the church age will be over, all right, and when the rapture comes, okay, when the rapture comes, the timetable for the church age will cease because we'll all go to heaven. And who will remain to represent God? The Israelites, okay, first. And, of course, different Gentiles will be saved during the tribulation time, the troublous times, okay? But the Israelites will have their timetable start again for how many years? Seven years, okay? So, letter B. Let's go to the next slide. Waiting for the sacrifices to start, Okay. And verse 27, if you go to your Bibles, to Daniel chapter 9 once again. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for how many weeks? One week. Who is that he? Not Jesus Christ, but who? Antichrist. Antichrist will make a covenant with the Jewish people for how many weeks? One week, and one week represents seven years, Okay. In verse 27, and in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and oblation to cease. And for the overspreading abomination, he shall make it desolate, even unto the consummation. And the determined shall be poured upon the desolate. So, are the Jewish people, as we think about verse 27 here, it's talking about sacrifices. Are the Jewish people right now making sacrifices in Jerusalem? Yes or no? No. Why not? Because they don't have a what? Temple. Temple was destroyed by the Roman Empire around 71 A.D. Okay, and then from that, you know, all the Jewish people were scattered abroad, and then we talked about it, and I think several weeks ago, talking about world in Israel, that in Ezekiel is prophesied that the people of God would be gathered back again, the chosen people of God would be gathered back again to the nation of Israel, which happened back in nineteen forty. Uh, 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 1949, okay? And it happened already, all right? The nation of Israel gathered together. I'm sorry if I don't have the time. I think it's 1948 or 1949. I forget which one. But uh, uh, but uh, but it happened. Now we have a nation of Israel. But and as we think about the nation of Israel, they have Jerusalem now, okay, after the Six-Day War, but they don't have a temple right now, okay? So with that, if I, have the, if I could have the sound man go to Uh, the YouTube video, please, and I'd like to just show this to you, and if I could get the ushers to turn off the lights real quick, and uh, I'd like to show this video to you, Uh, this is actually three years old, but uh, I think it'd be a great uh, uh, information for us to know what the Israelites are doing, and pause that for a moment, if you can enlarge that, alright, and the very far right, there's a little button right here, and you could click on that, All right, full screen, and then, uh, if I could get Brother Mike to maybe stand in the back, if it needs the volume work, okay? If you could get the sound man to get it a little higher, that'd be great. And let's watch that real quick. And it's around, I'm going to just play it for maybe a good three, four minutes and then stop. And I'll let you know when to stop, all right? And then let's play that right now.
1: Well, on June 7th in 1967, Israeli forces captured the city of Jerusalem in what was called the Six-Day War. After nearly 2,000 years of exile, the Jewish people were close to their dream of a new temple. But that dream lasted just a few days. The Temple Mount was later returned to Muslim authorities, and four decades later, Jews are still forbidden to worship there. But that hasn't stopped some people from making plans to build the next temple. Here's Chris Mitchell in Jerusalem.
2: we dreamed to come back to this place to the Temple Mount to meet again our God.
1: The Temple Mount is the seat of God, the place the Lord would choose Adonai Every day, three times a day Jews recite this prayer May it be your will that the temple be speedily rebuilt in our own time. It's a prayer they prayed for almost 2,000 years. But Jews here in Jerusalem are doing more than just praying. Just a few steps away from the Western Wall, rabbis and craftsmen are building what they call a temple in waiting. We're supposed to build the temple and nothing about that changed. Nothing about that commandment changed. Heimrichman is a director at the Temple Institute in Jerusalem. The Temple Institute is actively engaged in research and preparation for the resumption of the service in the Holy Temple to the extent of actually preparing operational blueprints for the construction of the temple according to the most modern standards. This menorah is just one of several vessels created for the next temple. It's covered with 95 pounds of pure gold and has a price tag of $2 million. Piece by piece, the third temple is taking shape with priest garments, vessels of copper, gold, and silver, and a new generation of Levite priests specially trained for temple service. We have enough in place now to resume the divine service and and to build the temple. Mm -hmm. But obviously a lot of things have to happen in order for this to happen. Richmond isn't the only one who's ready to rebuild. You actually have blueprints, architectural drawings for the the third temple? Three thousand years after King Solomon built the first Jewish temple, another Solomon is laying the foundations for the third.
2: From the womb of my mother, I have a task and a mission in my life which is connected um, with the rebirth of Israel.
1: Gershon Solomon leads a group called the Temple Mount Faithful. They commissioned these cornerstones for the third temple. The six-ton stones were consecrated with water from the biblical pool of Siloam and cut with diamonds.
2: And why God um, commanded us not to cut them by iron? Don't forget that these are stones for the house of God. They cannot be um, like other stones.
1: For several years, Solomon and his followers tried to place the stones on the Temple Mount. And every year, they were stopped by Israeli police.
2: Unfortunately, weakness of the Israeli leadership did not allow us to bring the cornerstone to the right place. The end time temple should be built on the same location of the first and the second temple.
1: But that location is already occupied. The holiest site for Jews is also the third holiest site for Muslims. And neither side is ready to share. The Temple Mount, 35 acres of it, is the most explosive piece of territory on the face of the planet. In 2002, Palestinian leader...
0: And as we think about that clip, all right, and I hope uh, you're able to kind of comprehend what's going on in Jerusalem right there, what do they want to build? A temple, okay? and they have a lot of things ready, would you say? They have a lot of things ready, alright? And uh, so as we think about this temple, according to Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, alright, and as we think about the scripture, the Bible says the sacrifices will cease, alright, by the Antichrist during the seven year period. The seven year period, the Antichrist will make a covenant with the Jewish people. Now, As we think about this covenant, we don't know all the details of the covenant, but we could assume that the covenant has to come in place in the sense of agreeing with the Arab nation concerning the rebuilding of the temple. As we think about the last portion of this video, what is their conflict right now? Why can't they build a temple? Because of the mosque, okay? Or even the third place of the holiest uh, 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 area by the Muslim world is where the temple should be built, okay? So they have that conflict right now. So with that, I believe the Antichrist will come and will make the Arab League and also Jewish people make a covenant and then uh, uh, maybe a peace covenant in the sense of no wars and, and uh, you know, uh, no strangles to, uh, uh, between what they do. And at the same time, maybe the temple will be, uh, will be built and they'll be allowed to start making sacrifices. But within the seven-year period, the three-and-a-half at the three-and-a-half mark, during the covenant, Antichrist will break his promise, and the sacrifice will cease. Okay. So as we think about that timeline, we're very close, because the Jew- Jerusalem people, or the Jewish people, are just, just, you know, just, just ready. They're just ready to build that temple. Any moment, if they could get the Israelite forces or maybe the government to say, hey, build the temple, I believe they'll build it in maybe a few months. They could do it. They have the technology. They have all the equipment. They have the Levites ready. I mean, they even have the vessels ready. Did you see that candlestick? I mean, $2 million worth of, I mean, just gold that's on there. I mean, they are pouring in money after money for this temple to be rebuilt. And we are very close, my friend, and the rapture might happen any time the church age will cease and the, uh, uh, the Israelites uh, will uh, have their timetable run for seven years, okay? So we're very, very close. So you cannot sit back and say, oh, you know what, I got a lot of time in the world. No, you don't. No, you don't. You might meet Christ any moment, and you might be standing in front of the judgment seat of Christ any moment, my friend. That's why you've got to live a blameless life in the spirit and body and soul and try to present the Lord Jesus Christ well in this earth because you never know that your testimony will cease upon this earth when that rapture happens any moment. So let us make sure that we are watching and pray every day. And as we have the Israel nation come and form a a nation around six decades ago, and then also now this temple wanting to be built, and I believe it's going to happen very soon. So let us be wise concerning this, and let us be not foolish in the sense of being ignorant and thinking that we have all the time in the world. So the judgment will happen. And by the way, those who are not saved right now, they don't have that much time either. If you have any loved ones, if you have any people that are not saving your family or your friends, hey, they don't have that much time either. And we've got to present the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to them, and, uh, you know, speedily and also uh, begging them, besieging them. And that's why I believe the great illustration concerning the Lord and the servants. And the Lord said, compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Go out into the highways and hedges, compel them to come in, beg them constrain them to command, and we must do the same because the time is really close. The judgment will happen any moment. The rapture will happen any moment, and those who you love so much and those who you, you, uh, you know, cherish so much will be left here for those seven years with the Antichrist. And also the great judgment. We'll talk about it later in the message, but the great judgment that was to come. As we read it in Revelation chapter 6, people will be begging to die, but they can't see death. And uh, I hope uh, we do our best to lead the lost so that they could be saved and they could be delivered from this judgment. And then secondly, let's move on here. The judgment involves the Antichrist. The judgment involves the Antichrist. And uh, not only does the end time and the judgment take effect with the timeline of Israel, but also the revealing of the Antichrist. The Antichrist will be noticeably revealed at the beginning of one week, the 70th week, for he will make a covenant and uh, with the chosen people of God. And if you have your Bibles, let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. All right. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Thank you for your attention this morning. I appreciate uh, the fact that uh, you're going through this Bible study and preaching with me. And uh, uh, thank you so much for your attention today. I know uh, uh, somewhat in the sense you have other burdens in your heart, but I hope uh, this message, some way, encourages your heart for the days to come. And First uh, Thessalonians chapter two, look at verse one. Now we beseech your brethren by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Talk about the second coming, not talking about the rapture. By our gathering together unto Him, of course we'll be gathered to Him, and that we will be coming with Him concerning the second coming. Verse two: That ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled neither by spirit or by word nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come. These people were troubled, that Christ uh, has already come, or that the millennium coming has already begun. But he says, that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Who opposing and exalted himself above that is called God, or that is worship, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember me not when I was with you. I told you these things. Verse six. And now ye know what he withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only who now let it will let until he be taken out of the way, and then shall that wicked be what revealed. Whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of His mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of His coming. And the Word of God is very clear that the that we are sealed unto the day of redemption. Talking about the Holy Spirit of God, and that when we're raptured, guests will be uh, 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 not uh, uh, among this world anymore for seven years. In the sense, He will let uh, happen. He will let all these different wickedness happen, and He will not approve the world with sin and righteousness and judgment anymore because he will be taken up and uh, talking about the rapture of the church and also even the Holy Spirit of God. And uh, as we think about that, the Antichrist will be revealed when that happens, the Bible says. And the Antichrist, my friend, has a lot of different qualities that we need to be aware about. First of all, just quickly, he will bring deception. And the Bible says in First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. I'm sorry, that's in Revelation. Because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this, I'm sorry, it is 1st Thessalonians chapter 2. For this cause, God shall send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but have pleasure in righteousness. What the Bible is saying there, that the Antichrist will bring deception and that God will allow strong delusions and lies in the world, and they will believe his lies, and they will worship Antichrist, and he will set up an image, okay? And that image will talk, the Bible says in Revelation, and they will worship that image. And also, the Bible says, the Bible says, God will send them strong delusions that you believe a lie, that they all might be them who believed not, meaning the past tense, not the truth, but have pleasure in unrighteousness. So those people, all right, if you can pay attention in this moment, in this, in this point here, those people who, didn't, who does not believe in Jesus Christ right now, and the rapture happens, Antichrist is revealed, the Bible says that they will still believe a lie. Now, in the tribulation time, okay, those who, ne- who never heard the gospel before the rapture happened, before the tribulation happened, yes, they will be saved. And, but the Bible is very clear. Those who believed not the truth, okay, they will have the strong delusion of lying. They have their chance of grace to be saved. And then as they go into the tribulation period, they will believe Antichrist, and they will not take heed to the word of God. And uh, they will be deceived, and they won't be saved. And uh, so as we think about the scripture, let us be aware of this great danger that maybe our loved ones and the people around us might not be saved during the tribulation period. And we got to make sure that they trust Christ, their personal Savior, today. Now is the time of salvation. Now is the accepted time, Jesus Christ says. And we've got to make sure that we present the gospel now. I think about it secondly, he will bring destruction. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 8, verse 25, and through his policy also he shall suffer. He shall cause craft to prosper in his hand, and he shall magnify himself in his heart, and by peace shall destroy many. The Bible says, by peace he shall destroy many people. And, uh, and he will deceive and he will claim to give peace. But what would he do? He will kill and destroy many lives, especially those who are Jews and have the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he will just make a havoc of the Jewish people after the three and a half years is over during the seven year period. And he, he will chase after them. And also those who have the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Revelation 12, verse 17, And the dragon was wrought with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God, have the testimony of Jesus Christ. And ladies and gentlemen, I believe in this time right now, Antichrist is living. I believe that. As a temple is being built now, I mean, in the sense of preparation, as we think about the last seven years about to happen any moment, Antichrist might be living today. And he is walking among us. And he will be very persuasive. He will be very persuasive. And uh, he will be very, in the sense of uh, 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 having this political power, and he will rise up among other kings, and he will make a league with all these people and give them peace, but only for three and a half years. After that, what he will do, he will say, I am God. I am the Creator. And he will sit in Jerusalem. And the sacrifice will stop. And he will sit in Jerusalem and say, I am God. And the Jewish people will now recognize, wow, we made a mistake. Jesus Christ was the Messiah. The Bible is true. Then our Christ did come, the sacrifice did cease. So, as we think about the scripture, you know, uh, as we live in this last time, I'm not saying you should be looking for the Antichrist all the time. And, uh, you know, uh, I, some people put it on their website all the time, this is Antichrist right here. You know, a lot of people thought, oh, man, you know, uh, uh, our president right now, some people say, oh, Barack Obama, he's Antichrist. No, I don't think you should be doing that, all right? And I don't think Barack Obama is the Antichrist, all right? And uh, so just get yourself out of that kind of idea. I don't know what, why people are thinking that. And uh, But anyways, uh, uh, as we uh, uh, think about the scripture, uh, but let us be aware, and let us be alert, and uh, what's happening in Europe and Arab nation, let's see who does come up, and uh, try to make those things peaceful, and that person might be Antichrist, all right? So, number three, he will bring damnations. He will bring damnation. Revelation chapter 13, the Bible says in verse 4, And they worshipped the dragon which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him and continued for forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle. And then that dwell in heaven, in verse 8, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are now written in the book of life. Of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He will magnify himself as God and require worship from all creation. Sounds like Lucifer, doesn't it? What did Lucifer want to do before he was cast out of heaven? He wanted to be like God. And he will have this puppet, all right? All right? Not puppet. Is it puppet? This puppet? Is it P U P P E T? All right. I'm sorry. I'm just kind of lost with all the things I'm saying. But you know, he would have, he would have this little, uh, I guess, a vessel or the stall or puppet that he will use to uh, bring delusion and lies to all the people, and that uh, he will use the beast, talking about the antichrist, and he will require all people to worship him. And by the way, that's what he wants from us too. He wants you to worship sin. He wants you to worship the world. He wants you to worship all the things that are in the world, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, and all these different religions out there and bringing out their own wrong doctrines. Hey, you know what the devil is doing? Trying to get worship and steal worship from God Almighty. And as we are living in this era, as Christians, may we worship God and God only, God's people say. And because the Antichrist will want you to make want you to be lukewarm, want you to kind of put aside all these different principles of the Word of God, and they want He want He will want you to be like demons, loving this present world and taking part of the things of this present world so that you worship the devil rather than God Almighty? And I believe, uh, believe that Lucifer and his devils are winning some, many times concerning our worship to our Savior. And may we not uh, uh, give ourselves to uh, this uh, uh, a false worship and also even this delusion that we bring into our Christianity, thinking that we truly worship God when we are truly worshiping the world. And the Antichrist will fully initiate that. He will not even, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, uh, in the sense of uh, try to have to, uh, uh, you know, uh, be persuasive. He will say, you worship me or you die. That's what will happen. Yeah. So that is Antichrist right there. And he will bring great havoc and danger in this world, and the time is very near. And lastly, number three, I am finished. The judgment is short but destructive. The judgment is short but destructive. The great judgment of God, latter three and a half years out of seven will be nothing like we have ever seen in the history of mankind. And there are three judgments for us to know that God has revealed. Number one, judgment in nature. The Bible says in Revelation 6.12, you do not need to turn to God be beheld. He, he, he had an open sixth seal, and, lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as a sackcloth of hair, and the moon became blood. And the Bible says that the sun will be dark as, as a black hair dark hair. And also, the moon would be turned into what? Blood. Wow. Wow. I mean, can you think about the world that that those people will be living in? I mean, by the way, I mean, this is only seven years or three and a half years, not too long, but it would be a great uh, 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 great, uh, uh, you know, uh, I guess uh, uh, a judgment that will happen in nature and all people will see it the Bible says in verse 8, and second angel sounded, and the Bible says continually in verse 8, the, the third part of the sea became blood. One third part of the sea became blood. And the third part of the creature which were in them died. And then a third part of the ships were destroyed. And there fell a, a, there fell a great star from heaven burning as a lamb. It fell upon the third part of the rivers, upon the fountain of waters. And it was called wormwood. And many men, the Bible says, many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. Just think about all those things that would happen. The sun will become dark, and the moon will become blood. And the Bible says that one-third part of the sea will become blood. And the Bible says one-third part of the fishes will die. And also the river, the Bible says there will be a star coming out of the universe, falling down to the river, making all the river not drinkable. And when those people drink it, they will die. Miserable place to live. That's what's going to happen. The I mean, you, how many you had a glass of water this morning? Where's your hand? Right, okay. And we take it for granted. Oh, this week, I was so thirsty. I was doing something, and I got a cup of water, and I drank it, and I said to my wife, thank God for water. I mean, don't you sometimes feel that way? You just kind of drink water, and you're just thinking, wow, thank God I have water today. Thank God I'm not in the desert just seeking for water and just dying out there. But thank God for water. I, it's, it's, it's not bitter, and it's clean. I could drink it. But in the last days, guess what? That will not happen. One-third of the river will be made bitter. That's a lot, over 30%. I mean, think about all the population in this world. I mean, they have to drink water. But these people, as they face the judgment of God, they will see that nature will fail them. By the way, all these people worshiping river, all, all these people worshiping earth, all these people worshiping rain, all these people worshiping snow, you know what? They'll be like, whoa, what happened here? <laughs> they failed me. Oh, the Mother Earth failed me. No, they failed themselves, not trusting in the Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the creator and the Sustainer of this world. So all will be proved wrong. But secondly, judgment and health. And the Bible says in Revelation chapter 9, I'll not read all of it, but there was, there, uh, the Bible says there was a bottomless pit, and the great smoke of the pit came forth, and that there came out of the smoke lo- locusts up on the earth. And to them was given power, scorpions of the earth had power. It was given that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. For five months they'll be tormented by the scorpions that will be coming out of the bottomless pit. Sounds sounds like some Hollywood movie, huh? But it will happen. And these locusts, the Bible says, will have faces of men. They will have long hair, the Bible says. And they will have crowns like gold. And the Bible says that they'll be like uh, uh, horses prepared unto battle as they are coming. Like chariots just rising forth. I mean, just devastating times. And when you get... And the Bible says that they will seek death, but they will not see it. Because the Bible says God commended these locusts to bring hurt to the earth, not to the grass, to the earth, to the people, and they will suffer for five months. It would be like getting, uh, 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 I don't know, uh, uh, beaten by a scorpion or maybe a sting by a, a stung by a scorpion, the Bible says. And for five months, these people will be tormented. And disease or the sin will be so severe that they will want to die, but they won't find it. And for five months, it will go on and on. And, let her, and then also number three, judgment with the devils. I am finished. You know, God does something very unusual. He lets some devilish angels loose during the end times. Go to Revelation chapter 9, and I'm finished here. I want you to know the great measure of the judgment that has come in this world, and it is not a joke. Revelation chapter 9, verse 14, all hell will break loose. You think Antichrist will kill everybody? No, the devil, the the devils and his angels will come forth and will start killing and start just annihilating everybody. Revelation chapter nine, look at verse fourteen, saying to the sixth angel which had the trumpet, loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. So, as we take the Bible literally, in the river Euphrates, how many angels are there? Four. Four fallen angels in the River of Hades right now, bound by God. They cannot go, they cannot be loose because I think they're just too crazy. They're just too, you know, uh, psychotic. God had to bound them. And the Bible says he will loose them in the last day, in the three and a half years, in the, the great wrath. In verse 15. And the four angels were loose, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year, for to slay the third part of man. And the number of the army of the horsemen were two hundred a thousand and a thousand. I heard the number of them. And I thus I saw the horses in the vision, and then that set on them, which having breastplates of fire and of jaseth and brimstone, and the heads of the horses were the heads of lions, and out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone. By these three was a third part of men killed by the fire and by the smoke and by the brimstone which you issued out of their mouth. And uh, they will have power, I think, to produce maybe different people or maybe different vessels to kill other people. The Bible says that they will have 200,000 and thousand. By these four angels, and by these three, uh, by, by these four angels, a lot of people will die. And these devilish angels who have been bound for all this time since the fall of angels, they will be loose at the last moment. And ladies and gentlemen, I just want you to know that we are truly living in the last days. And these judgments that I just shared just a moment ago, you know, they are real. I believe in the Bible. I believe in the literal interpretation of the Scripture. These are no allegorical interpretation thinking, oh, it's just a picture of just signs of different things. No, it will happen. And those people that you work around in the sense that you, ha- you, that you go to workplace and that you're around with and that you, your family members, your daughters, your grandparents, anybody who is not saved today, hey, as you read from the Scripture, don't you want to present the gospel to them so that they may be saved? And as we think about the judgment of God to come, it is so near. The temple will be built any moment, and that Christ will be revealed any moment, and all hell will break loose. And by the wonderful, wonderful grace of God, we're saved from that. Thank God for that. Thank God we're saved from that. Thank God we are born-again believers, that we don't have to go through all this, but there are those who are lost, who are not saved and we need to warn them. We need to let them know that they need to be safe. This past week, uh, I went out door knocking on Thursday around 5 o'clock, and, and uh, as I was knocking, it was only one little street left out of the map that I was working on, and I thought to myself, you know what, I'll just knock it and then just finish off with it. As I was knocking, I met a 19-year-old El Camino student named Guillermo, and I asked him the question, if he died today, would you know for sure about going to heaven? He said no. And if you, the Bible says that, that you can know for sure, would you like to know? And he said, yes. And as I was presenting the gospel, oh, man, the devil and his angels did not like it. Guess what happened, Brother Price? There was a neighbor who had his car alarm go off as I was presenting the gospel. And it was like, eh, eh, eh. I was presenting the gospel. And by the way, these things happen when you try to lead someone to Christ. And then after a few moments, that thing went off. That thing went off, of course, and that uh, that thing was stopped. And then after a while, guess who came forth? His Catholic mother. And then she looked at me very stern. I said, hi, my name is Jimmy. I'm from Bible Baptist Church. I gave a little high nice smile. I tried to be friendly to her. I said, I'm sharing the Bible. And I'm trying to let him know about Jesus Christ. Can I have a few more moments? I am almost done. She says, in Spanish, I don't speak English. <laughs> I said, all the friendliness, forget it. <laughs> and then, uh, by the way, and then I just let me just have a moment. And then, and then I had the moment. And by the way, she sat right next to the doorpost. And then just looking what I'm doing. And then, but by the way, after 10 minutes, he bowed and he prayed with me and trusted Christ as personal Savior, God's people say. Oh, I was fearful. all oh, the alarms and the lady just looking at me sternly and what I'm doing. And I don't know about, uh, you know, he's, his family is a very devout Catholic. I don't know if he'll come to church or, you know, I don't know if he'll be allowed to visit our church. And I'll try to follow him up in the days to come and even for the special events. But I just thank the Lord that he trusted Christ. As I walked away from that, that made my day. At the same time, hey, I will see Guillermo in heaven. I don't know where he will be in the 10 years from now or 20 years from now, hopefully maybe in this church, but if it's not, thank God I will see him in heaven. And he'll not face the judgment of God according to, his, according to God's divine promises and that he will never forsake him nor leave him. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand, there are people dying in this community. I shared last week in the Sunday school, you know how many, how many people in L.A. County alone? This is the largest county in, 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 in the country. Largest county in the country. Not Los Angeles City, but Los Angeles County. I'm thinking about every city that's around Los Angeles. You know how many people? Over 9 million people. And for our church to say we have done enough, it's not right. For our church to say we have 250 people and we're okay, that's not right. Let's just be faithful to the Lord. But faithful to what? We got to be faithful to the Great Commission so that these people who are lost could be saved and that they'll be delivered from this judgment to come because it will happen any moment, any moment. I know it was a Bible study type preaching, but I hope it has burdened your heart as you go to work, and you see people around you, would they be in heaven with me? Or would they face a judgment to come? And would they be in hell? Let's pray. How many-